following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. All right, here we are on a Friday. You know what time it is. Time for the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. All right, this show was built around two former Dallas Cowboys players, safeties Danny McRae and Barry Church. I am merely the person who helps them get through this 45 minutes to one hour. We'll see how long we go today. I'm Nui Scruggs. All right, gentlemen, uh, how are we doing on a Friday now? Go ahead, go ahead, D-Mac. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I, um, You know, it's Friday. I, my pick was right last week, you know, so Aww, I'm good. I and uh, let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> and fortunately, I don't have any FOMO because it's so cold outside. Nobody is venturing out, going to eat and doing all that stuff. So y'all all stuck inside just like me. So I'm good. I'm happy. Man, I tell you what, man, I should have never let you go first. Man, it's cold as heck out here, man. It's freezing outside. You know, so I thought I got away from this when I came down to Dallas, man. It's cold outside. You can't golf. COVID out here, man. It's, it's oh, you, you know, can golf. You can but, go. Hey, I, you yeah. can go. You uh, can go. Ain't no way I'm going out there, man. Ain't no way you, you could pay me to go out there today. But, you know, hey, roll, roll the players down today. So, you know, it's a good day. It's a good day. Yes, we will dive into the Super Bowl later on here as Danny was the one who predicted Tampa Bay to win. And like an idiot, uh, um, I, I did not listen to DeMarcus Ware. DeMarcus Ware was on Sirius XM radio that morning. I heard him when he said, hey, look. That those tackles are going to be an issue. I played against uh, Mike Reimers in the Super Bowl, and Vaughn Miller and I had a day against him. So I should have listened to him. We'll dive into that later. You talking about the big? St- wait, hold on, wait, 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 wait. You said my bad. No, you, you said the tackles. Okay, because we gonna get back on it later. You said the uh, tackles is what yes, lost him. Yes, okay, yes. all right. Uh, here oh, we yes, go. Yes. Oh, oh, man. don't worry. I'm ready for you. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that too. I'm ready for you today. Okay. All right. Don't oh, don't think you about God. to bring no juice on me that I ain't ready for. Okay. Like a lawyer, I'm not, I'm not about to talk about nothing I ain't ready to come back with. So don't worry, young man. We go ahead and Here get into tackles all you want to on that, all right? J.J. Uh, <laughs> Watt asked for his release from Houston, and he got it. Uh, I'm still waiting on Brett Favre to say something that he should shut up and play, like he said about Deshaun <laughs> Watson. But so far, Brett Favre hasn't said that. But J.J. Watson is a uh, J.J. Watt is a free agent, and there are a whole bunch of people on Twitter, Cowboy fans saying, go get him, please come to the Cowboys. Tank Lawrence, Cowboys defensive tackle, highest paid player on the team, even put something out on Twitter saying, you know, with a phone at J.J. Watt, like, come on down. Um, I'll start with you guys. Let's go to you first, Church. Do you want J.J. Watt on the Cowboys? Nah, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go down that that bunny hole, man. I wouldn't uh, venture down there with JJ Watt. F- first of all, I mean, he said he asked for his release, but l- let's be honest, he was getting released regardless. <laughs> all right, I mean, like, <laughs> the man had five sacks last year. He's getting seventeen mil next year. He, he was getting released regardless. But, anyways, I just wouldn't vent- venture down that bunny hole, man. I think you got two guys that you know could start for you, and Gregory, and you got. Um, the Marcus Lawrence on one side and Gregory on the other side. I just don't think you need to do that. And, w- and w- what money? What money are we, are we allocating towards J.J. Watt? I mean, he's not going to come in here for four or five mil. I mean, he, he's still going to generate some type of some type of double digit uh, salary. So for me, I I wouldn't go down there, man. He, he just hasn't performed that great. And he said he wanted to go to a contender. And I, I, I don't know for that, <laughs> for that team right now. So for me, I, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't venture down that hole. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Church, and I'm I'm gonna go a little deeper into his stats, man. He had five sacks this year, four sacks last year, uh, and yes, he was he was probably. I think it all depends on the team you go to. If he wants to go to a team that's probably you know up against the cap, then he'll have to you know, maybe take a five or six million dollar deal and try to throw some incentives in there. So I just I just really think it depends on where do you go. Um, obviously, if you sign with a team with a bunch of cap space, then yeah, you can go get your, you can get all the bag you want. But if you're trying to play for a team, let's just say, and, and I'm not, just say the Saints. All right, the Saints have cap problems. 
So that's going to be an issue for you to go to a, a team like that. The Buccaneers have some, they have, they're going to have some cap issues. Uh, they're going to try and bring back Levante David and Shaquille Barrett. Maybe they can, maybe they won't. Uh, Kansas City, there's another place. Uh, a team like that's going to, you know, they're going to be, it's going to be tight to get under the cap. So would you sacrifice some millions of dollars to go play with a Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? That, that, to me, is going to be where J.J. Watt has to go ahead and, and, and dive into. Um, I'm going to piggyback off what you said here, Danny. And looking at the J.J. Watt, he's had one season of five and a half sacks in the last five years. J.J. Watt is an aging football player. He'll be 32 years old. And I think J.J. Watt has got a Hall of Fame resume, three-time defensive player of the year. I don't believe that is the guy for the Cowboys. If I'm going to go with a 32-year-old guy, the player that I would be interested in from a defensive standpoint in terms of getting to the quarterback would be Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller's due $17 million from the Denver Broncos. I don't see Vaughn Miller getting it. He did not play last year at all. And Vaughn's a former Super Bowl MVP. He lives here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. His dad would love to see him with the Cowboys. And for me, I'm looking at Vaughn's leadership, a guy who has been to the mountaintop, as someone, if I'm Dan Quinn, that I would want on my defense. Now, that's just has if I'm choosing between the players. If, if I'm, to me, has before he, I sign wide, I look at Miller. Has he played in that 4-3, or has he always been a 3-4 yes. uh, guy out there in Denver? Or has he, he played in the 4-3 before? Yeah, he started off in the 4-3. So, so he started in the 4-3, great okay. Yeah, great question. But, yes, he, I just, he's, he's fine. And, and he, he, uh, I, I ended up talking to um, – uh, his representative about that, and he said that was he said the Cowboys were a team that you know that uh, there would definitely be interest in on his part if he's not back with the Broncos. I wouldn't do either one of those. What like why? Like we already talked about the interior line is where we need help. At. I know I know you were just going if we was going to pick up JJ Watt, then you may as well go get Von Miller. But I don't think we need either one. Like I have faith in the two guys that we have outside before we go pay somebody else. 10, 10, 11 million dollars. I think Randy Gregory is a very cheap option with a very high ceiling, and we're already paying 100 million to Demarcus Lawrence. I, I just think it doesn't make sense to even look at that position for going to be one of those spots where we put top priority. JJ Watt, go, go, take, take, take a, a pay cut after they chop this uh, haircut on Big Ben. Just go up there and play with your brother. You know, what I'm saying, <laughs> go in there, go in there on, on third down. You know, and, and get those stats, and then ride off into the sunset with possibly a, a deep playoff run because we've seen that Pittsburgh has a has the team and they're just missing a few pieces like our running game but that you know that'll be a contender so just just go do that stay away from D-Town man and let us focus on the interior lineman and our secondary but if you had to choose if it had to come down to it would it be Watt or would it be Von Miller if you had if we had to pick a piece to compliment D-Law and Randy Gregory and all that who, who would you get there D-Mac would, would it be Watt or would it be you know Von Miller I would go. I would go Von Miller because I see. I, I see the guy that we pick up being mostly a third down guy. I don't see you, you you snatching Randy Gregory off the field, who actually played very good in the run when he was in the game, and he showed some very very high potential of getting to the quarterback. So you would have to be sitting him out all the time for what JJ Watt playing opposite uh, of D Law because as we know JJ Watt. You can throw Watt inside. I'm not listen. I'm not paying no money for for us to go switch. <laughs> up this man Hall of Fame career to go switch up his position at 32 years old man I, I, I'm going Von Miller let him rotate in and out with uh with Randy Gregory keep your hundred million dollar man on the field and see how that goes if we had to but like I said I wouldn't get either one of them and, and another reason why I brought up Von Miller's name is Alden Smith is, is still someone the Cowboys I hear are considering bringing back oh man and, and look, I'm just, I'm just saying. Before I bring back Alden Smith, I would, I would go look into um, Vaughn Miller. Speaking of free agents, and, and Danny, you're hitting on another point that that you and I are are very much in agreement with. The Cowboys have to fix this interior defensive line. And if you saw how Vita Vea and Dominican Sue were so instrumental in helping that Tampa defense dominate the Super Bowl, it, to me, it, it, it raises that. To my, my, my immediate concern even more, that's where the Cowboys really, really, really should address themselves in free agency um, for Dan Quinn, whose who's background is in defense is with the D-line. So you got Leonard Williams of the Giants, 
Dalvin Tomlinson of the Giants. They're both free agents. And then you got Shelby Harris of the Denver Broncos, who looks like he will not be back with Denver, looking at where they have spent money uh, on the D-line. He may be the odd man out there. So I'm looking at the interior D-line. Those are three guys that um, if I'm Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones and Will McClay, I'm picking up the phone and seeing what will it take for you to come play for the Cowboys. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that, Nui. I mean, I think we got one piece in there, and Neville Gallimore, if he's able to keep it going and keep it on the track that he's that he's headed on, I think he could be a stud in there. But uh, definitely, I mean, you got the, the, the names you mentioned in free agency, but also Ndamukong Sue. I think he's a free agent as well, and he's got kind of like a mercenary type vibe to him. I mean, he hops from team to team, just giving them, giving guys his services. So if he can come, you know, you know, relatively not cheap, but if we can get him to come down here, I mean, that would be a valuable piece in there, especially against these pocket passers that, you know, t- tend to tear up the NFL. If you can get that interior pressure, I mean, that, that's all you need to flush these guys out. And we got the athleticism on the defensive insides to be able to contain these guys. So I don't know, defensive, defensive tackle could be a valuable piece for this defense. Yeah, listen, and, 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 and to the Cowboys, to, you know, <laughs> I, 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 it's unfortunate that they didn't get to to have the team that they expected to have with Gerald McCoy going out and then the emergence of uh, Neville Gallimore. They expected to have some some of that type of stuff that they seen from Ndamukong Sue up there in Tampa when they signed Gerald McCoy here to the Cowboys. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to play. So I think that would have shored it up a little bit. I would have a healthy Gerald McCoy and a, a emerging Neville Gallimore with uh, D-Law and Randy Gregory. I think that would have been, you know, a, a nice start to, to uh, rebuilding our defensive line. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen, so we'll have to see what they do with Joe McCoy moving forward. But yeah, Church, I think and Dominican Sue being in Dallas would help and it would bring some leadership to that defensive tackle position. I'm with you. I, 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 I'm a fan of Sue's game. Um, there's been conversations about Gerald McCoy coming back. I hope they don't bring Gerald McCoy back. He's been injured the past couple seasons, and one of the things we've seen here is, is guys. I'm sorry, I, I like McCoy, but he's not what he used to be. And dealing with his hit injury history last year, I mean, the Cowboys have put a clause in there. Hey, man, if you get hurt, we ain't got to pay you. He got hurt. I mean, uh, they already went into this saying, hey, man, we're not sure. And so because we're not sure you're going to be, you're going you're gonna to finish the season healthy. If you get hurt with this injury, we don't have to pay for it. And sure enough, man, it happened. So I would not be trying to entertain bringing back Gerald McCoy. I'd be looking yeah. elsewhere outside the building. But I'm hearing that they're talking about, hey, all right, hey, you can come on back here, and that they're planning on it. I just, I just wouldn't do that with, with Gerald McCoy, uh, in my opinion. Uh, uh, we, and we got enough injury concerns as is on defense. I mean, we got <laughs> you know, you. LVE coming back from a bat- battling with his neck injuries. I mean, we had Sean Lee and his history. I mean, it's just so many injuries we already have on this defense. Bringing back another injury-prone dude would just, I think, complicate things. Oh. I wouldn't bring him back. I wouldn't. Hold on, church. Church, let me tell you something. You know one thing about the Cowboys, especially since we've been here. They do not mind picking up injured players, all right? That we drafted, <laughs> we drafted injured players repeatedly. We pick up players that are injured in free agency. We continue to true. do this. So so keeping Gerald McCoy so, on the roster is not it, it, believe it's not impossible. It's actually more likely than not that we that we get him on a team friendly deal and, and, and allow him have another chance to play here in Dallas if you just going based off the history of, of the guys that we pick up. But what he's saying is let's stop this, okay? He's saying in 2021, <laughs> let's, let's, let's stop this, okay? And, we'll stop it with Tyron Smith. Stop it with Tyron Start there. Start there. Let's, we're not talking oh, about guys. No. We're not talking oh. about guys under contract, okay? We're not talking about guys under contract. Oh, I'm going go for people under contract. <laughs> Right. Church is speaking about a guy who's not under contract, okay? Not under contract. Uh, It's not going to affect the cap. mm, mm. Boy, I tell you, man, I don't know what what Tyrant ever do to you. What did Tyrant do to you guys playing, man? Mm, mm. Huh? That's a shame. That's a shame. I got, I got nothing, man. It's a, hey, listen, it's a podcast, man. I got nothing personal against Tyron Smith, but the fact is, look at the stats. The man hasn't been healthy. I already said this. It's nothing against him as a player. I think when he's healthy, he's one of the most dominant left tackles in the league. Problem is, he ain't been healthy. And me being a Cowboys fan and watching the games, the frustration of us having to rotate these guys in to get murdered over their left tackle, and you already know that Tyra Smith might not be in the game, it, 
it, it, it, it, it just messes with my mind, man. I always have flashbacks of Atlanta and Claiborne getting paid because he got six sacks when Tyra Smith was out the game. I just have flashbacks of that. Like, I, right. I don't disagree with you, D-Mac. I just don't see us picking up a guy in the first round for the offensive tackle. I just, you know, I, that's a lot. That's a lot, man. But and we need church, help on the defensive side. Re- I just want you to remember, man, the best years. Listen, you got paid to go to Jacksonville because of some of the great years when they were able to run the ball, control the clock, and you were known for having a dominant offensive line. Y'all went out there on defense, and y'all got picks, interceptions, and fumbles because teams were playing from behind with not much time on the clock. This is the way to win, and we had first-round talent at almost every position on the offensive line. So, I mean, you think back to it, this is the way to, to, to success. Like like we talked about with Newey, look at the tackles. Calls Kansas City the game. So, I mean, it, it's not like it's, it's, it's outlandish for us to say we need to get healthy at the tackle position. Get you one in the third round, man. If that's what's going to get you to a Super Bowl, third round tackle, then that's what it is. Because that's not what helped us the first time. Fourth round quarterback. Hey, you never know. David Bakhtiari, David Bakhtiari might be the best left tackle in football right about now. He's a fourth-round pick. Uh, I look at this team. First off, what Kansas City ended up with is not even close to what Dallas is in. Kansas City had to put a guard tackle, and then Mike Reimers, the other guy that they put out there tackle, DeMarcus Ware already told you, he ate him up in Super Bowl 50. This was Super Bowl 55, so this was an aging and an old guy at tackle. I, I thought huh. it was – let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah, so go ahead. You, you got two, it. You got it. You had two dudes who were overmatched from day one. And let me say this for those guys. I watched Andy Reid do something that was as atrocious as what we saw Scott Linehan do in that Atlanta <laughs> game against Adrian Claiborne. You didn't help these guys. You got dudes out here who are getting smoked, and you still want to throw four and five receivers out here and call your plays. No, you may have to just send out two guys. You may have to be able to, you know, but you don't send out, you don't just sit up here and let these tackles go, go mano a mano. They got eight alive. So I don't get why these offensive dudes, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Jason Garrett, Scotland Ann, why is, and Kellen Moore, why are you sitting here not giving your tackles help when they're getting killed and your quarterback is running for his life so you can send three, four, five guys out on the receiver path? Help no, me understand that because I don't get it. No, no, you, 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 know, you know I'm about to get you with this one, man, because there's two things you just said, all right? You mentioned Demarcus Ware eating up a, 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 a offensive tackle. You're talking about Hall of Fame, DeMarcus Ware talking about a tackle that he ate up in the Super Bowl. How many tackles has he be, has he taken advantage of in his career? So that's not really saying much. Like, we got guys out there like DeMarcus Ware who's going to be able to do that. It, it was probably easy for him because he's DeMarcus Ware. Number two, yeah, they moved the guard outside to tackle. What is your plan again? Oh, it's Connor Williams, who's playing guard currently, moving out to tackle. This is a recipe for disaster, and okay. Kansas City showed you why we shouldn't be doing that. We're not even going to get to that, though. <laughs> Tyron's going to be healthy, man. Tyron's going to be healthy. Lyle's going to come back from his surgery. He's going to be healthy as well. We're not I hope so. To touch into this. We ain't even well, going to tell you. We're not going to have to touch well, it. Church, 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 you, you have to. You have to. Go back and look at the history of Tyron, and this is where Danny has ha, has a legitimate beat. Guys are going to miss four games, okay? That, you go back the last four years, that, that, that's, that's mm. there. Okay, that's there. Um, my thing with Connor Williams, okay, let's remember what they drafted Connor Williams at. Connor Williams at the University of Texas was an All-American mm. left tackle. They decided to put him at guard. I think he could be a better left – I think he'd be a better tackle. I am not opposed to drafting a tackle. Let me make sure I say this. I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not. A, I am opposed to it in rounds one and two because your Thank defense you. is so bad that you need to address that defense and you need to address the D line in one of these positions up here. Okay, there are going to be tackles in the third, fourth round. Eric Williams, one of the great left tackles in Cowboys history, was a third round pick from an HBCU. Okay, you can go yep. Lyle Collins, your current tackle, wasn't even drafted. 
That right. Come on. You can get that, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Did I lie? Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. He don't really count. Come on, man. All I know is. Okay. But you make the point, though. You can twist it. You can twist it if you want to. I'm just saying. Okay? I'm just saying. All right? So. I am not opposed to, at number 10. <laughs> not even drafting. Number 10, I'm not drafting a offensive tackle. I need help on this defense. It is going to be somebody for the front end of my defense or the back end of my defense, okay? That's what I'm doing in rounds one and two. You get a tackle later on, man, if that's what you Yeah, go ahead. But I'm not drafting <laughs> a dude in the first round. And, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, guess what? If you sign Dak, we keep talking about this. If you sign Dak Prescott, you are going to have limited funds to spend oh, we in already other know areas. That. Uh, we saw, I'll tell you, because if, if we do that, which Just, we are, I mean, we're, we're, at, we're at a, we don't, we've already put ourselves no in No church. Boxes. We can't draft anybody early that I like. And, you know, we, we're going to have to pay Dak. We're going to have to. So if we do that, we're not going to have any funds for that defensive side of the ball. And like I've been saying this whole time, Will and them are going to be under a lot of pressure to hit on these draft picks. And you got to do it defensively because that's where you need the most help at. Now, I don't Preach. know which part of the Preach. defense. Nui, you want the front part. But I'm thinking more of the back end. I think you got to address that back end. But we'll see what the way the Cowboys do. But they got to go defensively because often, I mean, if we, if we bring back Dak, I think we're stacked offensively. You know, we just got to hope them tackles. Thank you, church. Thank you for walking right into that. Thank you. We just got to Barry, you know, the first two picks, front or back, I don't care, but you're going to have to look at addressing those right there for the, with these first you got two to, picks. Yes. And then when we talk about, okay, yeah, Kansas City's tackles got rolled on. You know what? You How did they get rolled on? Because Tampa Bay had defensive line, and they were stacked in the front Ooh. seven. You're not stacked in the front we, seven. Bro, we already – we listen, first of all, ain't no Devin White in the draft. Like, like, like Church said in the text message, them linebackers ain't in this draft. We already currently have our outside rushers who are the ones who took advantage of the tackles. So what are you talking about? We already got that. If, if, we, was in the, if we were in the Super Bowl game and you replaced some of the players that they had, our, we have D-Law and we got Randy Gregor. Them dudes ain't going nowhere. So you're not even talking about drafting nobody at the position that that helped uh, Tampa Bay win the game. I'm not picking no defensive tackle in the first round because I don't – let me see. Nick Fairley didn't really work out that much. Ed Oliver's my guy. But, uh, I mean, as far as being a super impact player, it hadn't happened. So when you look at the defensive tackles – Yeah. Did he go first? Did he go first round? Was he a first-round tackle? Now, now let me – Was he a first-round tackle? Was was Nick Fairley a first-round tackle? Yes, he was. And let me tell you what the Detroit Lions did. First, they drafted Indomitian and Sue, before, and then they drafted Fairley the next year. Then when both contracts came up, they let the guys go, and Martin Mayhew decided that instead of drafting Aaron Donald to replace Nick Fairley and Indomitian and Sue, he would draft a tight end, Eric Ebron. So they had the opportunity <laughs> to go ahead and take a D-tackle. Just because Nick Fairley Wait, turned out to be a dud coming out of Auburn, and if you'd read the scouting report, you know this dude had issues, shouldn't have drafted the guy. Hold on. If you're the Cowboys, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying you got to take him at 10. You can trade down. But as far, in one of the first two rounds, Danny McCray, you got to address this D-tackle need, man. Hey, hey. Listen, do it in a second. I'm sticking with my offensive tackle in the first. This is a need that we need. Like you said, we got all the pieces of offense. The one thing that could offset us having a $100 million receiver, a first-round receiver, a $90 million running back is not being able to protect the quarterback uh, with your left tackle. That's what what will set you back, man. That that will kill you. Dan Quinn is going to find a way to get his players in the right position because, like like I said during the season, like like you did last year. Like last no, 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 it's crazy. It's 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 crazy because you was with me last year and saying that the biggest part of of the failure of this defense was who, the defensive coordinator. All right, not necessarily the players. It was the defensive whoa, coordinator whoa, trying to come whoa, in. I, no, knew he was. Knew he oh, was. Yeah, not yeah, church. Yeah, okay. Knew okay, was. Not church. Me and Knew yep, yep. both agreed okay. that the defensive coordinator was the biggest issue. On this team last year, that we had some players yes. that were trending in the right direction before he got here, and then all of a sudden they digressed dramatically when when he arrived, and we ended up with the worst defense in in, in the Cowboys history. So now we have another guy in here who knew you can keep saying that, but what I'm saying is now he's not focusing on trying to run his whole team. He's focusing on what he's good at. 
right? He's zeroed in on what he's good at. D-line and defensive coordinator with his guys in there helping him. And it's going to be a quick turnaround. I believe it. And what did I say about Dan Quinn? Okay? And now you, you're telling the story, but you're leaving out the other part of what I said about you Dan. You said he wasn't coming here. That's what you said, and he here. So, I mean, I was right about that. There's a lot of, a lot of context <laughs> missing from the story there. There's a lot of context. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I, no, I, I didn't, no, no, I didn't mention anything you said about Dan Quinn. I'm talking about what you said about the defensive coordinator and the problems that we had last year and going to say we need yes. to just draft all defensive players, which is not, is not the case because our defensive coordinator and what they were teaching was horrible. Okay. And what I've said about Dan Quinn on this podcast is this. Let me say it one more time. So make sure you listen. Get your Bose headphone on. Make sure you listen. The carpenter <laughs> needs tools. Dan Quinn alone just can't fix this without. You need players. Okay? You need players. And they have issues with players. The D-line is an issue. These D-tackles are an issue. We watched the Super Bowl here. I don't see anybody who can cover anybody in, in space like, like, like Tampa Bay. I don't see any corners. I don't see a safety. I don't see an Antoine. They need some players here. They're not enough guys for anybody to talk about a Super Bowl right now on this defense. When I look at Dan Quinn, who went to a Super Bowl with Atlanta and went to a Super Bowl with Seattle, I don't see those type of playmakers that he had here. Especially at That's the safety true. position, especially at the D tackle position. You yeah, definitely yeah. need you, you. You definitely go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You got it. Please, please, please. Because I want to go ahead. Go ahead. Go. I want to hear what you got to say. Go You're ahead. right. Okay. Listen. If Earl Thomas is in this draft, let me know. If Cam Chancellor is in this draft, who we already said, but man, Wilson is going going to be competing for that spot because we've seen some stuff that he was able to do to be impactful. He, so we we got we got one safety. We we got one defensive tackle, so we need one ta- one defensive tackle, one safety, and a free agent corner. We can do that without picking somebody in the first round of the draft. We we can get those players. The linebackers knew it. as much as you want to see Devin White and all those guys out there covering linebackers. Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith are going to be our starting linebackers. So you can keep dreaming about us picking somebody in the draft in the first round or whatever a high pick. It ain't happening. Those two guys are going to be the ones that's on the field. What free agent corner? We, we ain't got the bread. We, we don't have the money. We ain't got the moolah to go grab one of these top-tier free agent corners to, to help this defense come alive. That's why I think in the first round we got to go corner. We got to get somebody be some, that can lock down on the opposite side of Trayvon Diggs. It's going to be some haircuts given, uh, Church, oh. before, before these. It's going to be some haircuts <laughs> given. Yeah, listen, you can be surprised about it. They, they are going to find a way. I don't know. I have no. I don't know, but I know, I know who does know. And that's I'm Jerry. Wish upon a star, man. I'm no, I'm not. I'm not wishing. I'm not wishing. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, Church, we can talk about Dak Prescott all we want to. The man ain't got paid two years, all right. So we keep saying, yeah, we, we sure, we sure Dak Prescott finna get paid. We sure all this. We sure all that. We ain't sure. I'm not even gonna get into what happened this week because I, 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 I love the, I love the big man, you know, of these podcasts and these shows. So I'm gonna leave that alone. But Dak what Prescott is this? not. He is not 100. percent uh, going to be on this <laughs> roster as of right now if you're going based off what's happened in the history of his uh, contract negotiations. Mm, mm, mm. Y'all just leaving this defense out to dry, man. That's, I mean, nah, that's, church. It, tell him, church. Tell him, church. Leaving, we're going to be, we're, I'm telling you, we're going to be, if we keep going down this path, this offensive path, we're, mm. we're going to be another 7-9, 8-8 squad, and we're going to be struggling. We, we just don't have the pieces defensively right now. I mean, we got D-Law on one edge. If he can get back to that 2018 D-Law, then sure, he, we, he could be that catalyst. But that's another guy that we haven't seen really produce in the past two years. Randy Gregory, he's, he's coming off one of his better years, but can he, can he be consistent? So, I mean, we just got, we got pieces that we need. Both of our linebackers, we talking about cover linebackers, both of those guys are liabilities in coverage. I mean, yeah, they can, they can run and hit and all that stuff, but when it comes to coverage, both of those guys, they, they're big-time liabilities. So, we need pieces. We need pieces Thank offensively, you. and you, we need Church. them ASAP. Thank you, Church. I love, Thank you. I love Church. I, I love Church talking about, you know, picking these dudes all high in the draft, and that's the way to win, especially considering that my man was undrafted. Oh, you know, we I'm just saying, about me. Consider, <laughs> consider, considering my man was undrafted, <laughs> All right, it was one of the top safeties in free agency when he was playing. He started on this thing. Church, who did you that's start next we, to? Church, who did you start next to? Him, who did that's you that's start next to in the secondary? Who 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 was the safety opposite of you in the secondary? I don't know what you're talking about. Bro. Exactly. I, I know he wasn't. I know he wasn't the first round pick. 
I know he wasn't the first round pick. I know that. Uh, I know that ain't man. what happened. So you can, so we can sit here and talk about this all we want to about not being able to find these type of players. Like you said, you can find a tackle in the third round. You can find a safety in the third round. You can find a safety in the second. I mean, a corner in the second round, like we did last year. You can find players all over the draft. You can do this. A lot of As a matter of fact, you can find them after the draft. Ain't that right, Church? You can that's find a, them after true. the draft that's if true. you need to. That is very <laughs> true. That's a lot of pressure, though. You can find an offensive tackle after the draft. The Cowboys have done you that. You can find an offensive tackle. Yeah, let, listen. Yeah, Lyle, listen. You ain't. The, the, what happened with Lyle Collins before the draft, the pre draft, and all that? With his first right. round uh, uh, getting uh, uh, draft pick uh, grade? That ain't happening again. All right? It ain't, and, and also, he didn't play last season either <laughs> while we talking about Lyle Collins. <laughs> like, he was out there last year. Oh man, we knew it was gonna happen. We knew once the off season started coming you know along, people gonna start look. talking about offense, and we need to we need to exactly. pile on exactly. one of our strengths. I, man, I knew this was gonna happen, man. Offensive line is not our strength, and that's why we've been you know, eight and eight the past couple of years. Church, I, I'm waiting on Danny to just break out some magic beans. That's how this defense is gonna get good. Danny goes, Danny and Dan Quinn are gonna go out there, uh, AT and T Stadium, sprinkle sprinkle some magic beans, and there's gonna be a beanstalk. And out the beanstalk, there's gonna be a goose who just starts laying down defensive players, golden eggs, and that's how the Cowboy defense is gonna get good. This hey, defense well, couldn't at- stop anybody from running last year. While they're Girl, at, they might as well get the Infinity Gauntlet as well. They might as well get the Infinity Stones, get Thanos and all that to play defense. Because we're we, we, we going to be laying some eggs, man. You, if we don't get you know, up on this defense, we're going to be laying some eggs. You, you know I'm going to go back and, and listen to the podcast from last year about the draft when Newey was pick, picking his first guy and everybody was talking about digs and going defense. And we did that and we ended up with the worst defense in the history of the Cowboys already anyway. So you can talk about picking these players as much as you want to, all right? We saw what happened to Diggs as a result of not having the correct and uh, uh, defensive coordinator and uh, secondary coaches out there, all right? The coaches matter. You can find these guys in the second, third, and fourth. I'm not saying don't pick defense at all. I'm saying look for you a veteran guy in free agency and then find you a safety. Uh, keep talking about these linebackers not being, to, being able to cover. Dan Quinn will have to figure something out with the players that he got because, once again, those two guys are going to be the starting linebackers out there. If you if you can look in that camera and tell me that you believe that LVE won't be starting and Jalen Smith won't be starting for this team next year, then, 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 then please go ahead and I might have to call you after the show so you can explain to me why you believe this is true. <laughs> Man, look, I'm I'm just I don't know. We we trying to win an argument here. None of us are seeding our ground. Um, so so church and I can be right, and we just gonna let you you know continue to believe what you gonna believe, Danny. So we, we can do mm-hmm. that. Um, we gonna every do, time you go with church, every time you go with church, you get the same result. But okay. Uh, hold on now. Not in the draft. Hold on. I reckon you know. Hey, hold on now. Not in the draft. Church is not going to be right. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> one of the things, let's just take another topic here, all right? Another thing that kind of I laughed at because I got a text from a friend that said, So, Russell Wilson coming to Dallas, do you believe it? And I, I had to just kind of educate him. I said, Okay. This happens all the time. When a player's disgruntled, somehow his name gets connected with the Cowboys. Russell Wilson came out and basically said something that's true. Hey, I get sacked a lot. I'd really like to not get sacked. I wish my team would address this. And so now Mm, it's, oh, mm, Russell mm. wants out of Seattle, and you need to trade him to the Cowboys. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head. I like Russell Wilson, and something fans don't do enough of, guys, is look at the current contract. They just paid Russ. So to get rid of Russ, it would cost you a $30 million cap hit. You're not going to do a $30 million cap hit if you're trying to win. You're not going to do it. So this whole premise of of even trading Russell, to me, is a non-starter in Seattle. And the whole Dak, Seattle, Russ coming to Dallas thing, I I think it's dead on arrival. What do you think? I think, you know, I think that, you know, that... They're not getting rid of him. Like you said, that cap hit is too crazy. I mean, he's too much. He's, he's Seattle. He is Seattle. So they're not going to let him go. I mean, he's a franchise. He's the, the, head of the, the head of the room. He's the guy. They're not going to let him go. But the bigger story to me, I think, is 
why is he going to throw his old line under the, under the bus like that? <laughs> like, that's wild to me. Like, how you, and this was like out of nowhere, just, yeah, man, you know, I just would, I would just like to not get sacked as much. Like, that's something you keep in house. That's something you, you, you let your old line know, like, man, look, after, after the season's done, y'all break it down over dinner, like, man, look, y'all got to step up y'all play. I'm not, I'm not feeling protected out there. I'm running for my life out there. I need y'all to step it up. You don't go out there and put it out and put a story out there like that, man. Now you got your whole offensive line looking around like, man, that's how he feels about us. Like he couldn't come and tell us. He had to tell the media about it. Like, to me, it was out of pocket. And I think it's, that's the bigger story here. Hey, hey church, I, I can guarantee you this. The, the offensive linemen that he was talking about, they know exactly who they are. It ain't the whole O-line. They know specifically <laughs> the one or two people that Russell Wilson was talking about. And I think it's crazy that we just finished talking about this topic and all of a sudden you got a quarterback out here saying, hey, man, I need, I need help on the offensive line. I don't care about none of that stuff. Give me Aww. some help. But, yeah, listen, a lot, of, a lot of stuff is outlandish that be getting floated on, on Twitter and Facebook. And this is just another one of those. It makes absolutely no sense for Russell not to be in Seattle. What they're going to do is they're going to listen to him. And I bet they go and pick them up some guys uh, to, to shore up their offensive line. Because this isn't a problem that they've had just recently uh, in this year. They've had this for the last few years of him being having to run around and create all these plays. All the highlight plays that you see of Russell Wilson, he has scrambled and running for his life and making these uh, deep passes to Tyler Lockett and uh, DJ uh, Metcalf. So I think they're going to address it this year, especially with him going out and expressing this publicly. I can't remember what website had it. Maybe it was Warren Sharp, Sharp Football Analysis, but they spoke about the resources in terms of draft picks and free agents that they put towards their offensive line the last five, six years of Russell Wilson, uh, his career. And it's, and it's one of the worst in football. And then the draft picks they have. Remember, they took a kid out of A&M a couple years ago, a Fetty, and, and he was terrible. just didn't work out. So they, <laughs> when they tried it, they whiffed. And, and this dude is getting hit. I mean, what he said, and, I, and, I, and Barry, I understand when you say you don't want to throw people under the bus. But you get to that point in time, and especially, you know, guys only have so many hits in them. Yeah, hey, man, I'm getting killed back here. And I'm sure he's told them this. This is just me. I'm sure a guy like Russell Wilson has said it and said it, and they've just gone on and done whatever they wanted to do. And finally, like, hey, man, look, I, I'm, I'm in my 30s. I only have so many years to do this. Can I not get killed? Can I, can I live like Tom Brady? I mean, if, if you ever see an example of how you want to get it done, Tom Brady went down into Tampa, and they just said, what you want, Tom? And they said, yes, yes, yes. And while some people say, well, hey, it's Tom Brady. Guy came there with six Super Bowls. He should be able to ask for what he wants. But when you think about Russell Wilson and what they've done with him, and he has been a part of a Super Bowl winning team, two teams that went to the Super Bowl, I don't think it's out of pocket for Russ to sit up here and say to management, you know what, this is what I need. Because clearly I'm not able to be my best if I'm running for my life and the guys you keep going out here giving me aren't any good. I agree with that. I, you know, but it comes to think, you know, how much power, you know, should a, should a quarterback have? Should he be, you know, part GM? If he's bringing, like, if you're Tom Brady and you go down to Tampa and basically he was part GM right there. He brought in, you know, uh, Fournette. Antonio Brown. I mean, he brought in all these pieces and he was basically part GM and it ended up working out. So, you know, as, as a quarterback goes, if you're, you know, you got that vet status and you're up there and you're, you're proven to be an elite quarterback, should you have as much power as a GM to bring, you know, as many people as you want to to feel the need to, to compete as you need to? What do y'all think about that? Should, should they get those GM powers? Yeah, I, I'm not with it. I think it depends on on what situation the GM is walking into, right? So, in, in Deshaun Watson's case, with with all the stuff that they're going through, and you promised him that, you know, when, when he signed his contract, absolutely, he should have as much power as the GM. But you should you should be able to put, uh, you know, have your input, and they should be able uh, have to take it seriously. Um, Tom Brady, you know, same thing, right? He, he went in there and he essentially is a GM. He's seen it all, done it all, and he's played with all these players and he knows he knows what they can do and, and how they can help him specifically in, in, in winning, and we saw that happen. All quarterbacks do not deserve the right to uh, <laughs> to, to, to have to have say-so, right? Because they, they just haven't proven it, and I, I think it, it, it goes team-by-team team basis. I think you, you hit it right there, Danny. It's a team-by-team team basis, and you guys have been in the locker room. You know what quarterbacks have real respect. You know what guys actually are, are the straws that stir the drink in an organization. I think what Tom Brady went down to Tampa and said, hey, you got me here. This is what I need. 
And he said, I need Gronk. They went and got Gronk. Uh, they, they needed to get a tackle. They used a first-round pick on Tristan Wirfs, who was sensational, and he helped him. He said, I want Antonio Brown. Even though Bruce Arians came out and said, man, this guy's a diva. I don't want him. Tom Brady said, I need Antonio Brown. I've worked with Antonio Brown. I know how to get it done with Antonio Brown. And, and he was right. I think Russell Wilson and what he's done in Seattle, and then you give him that type of contract, I think he's earned the right to say to them, hey, look, can I get some protection? I mean, it's what people are asking for, I think, also matters in this. I think what Russ was asking for wasn't crazy. Aaron Rodgers wanting some help with another receiver in Green Bay, I think that is legitimate. Hey, I don't need a quarterback as much as I need you to go get me a wide receiver. Tony Romo asked Jerry Jones for a little more help up front, and they drafted Travis Frederick. I thought they were crazy to draft Travis Frederick. But you know what? That turned out to be a doggone good pick, and it helped the team. And that was them listening. That was them listening to the quarterback. Okay, that was them listening to the quarterback. Uh, Troy Aikman went to Jerry Jones and was like, "I don't like Chan Gailey," and he fired Chan Gailey. Um, I, I think it all depends on how much juice do you want to give a quarterback. When Drew Brees was benched for Tom Brady, Drew Brees, I know Drew Brees, um, Drew Bledsoe, Bledsoe went to Robert Kraft and said, hey, man, I don't like what's going on. And Bob Kraft sent him downstairs and said, you got to work it out with Belichick. And eventually they traded him. So I think it all depends on who's your quarterback, what it is you want from the guy. Um, when I was in Cleveland, Bernie Kosar was used to trying to control things. He did it with Marty Schottenheimer, and, and when he was with Bill Belichick, he tried to run things with Bill Belichick. Belichick's in in the play. Bernie changed it, scored a touchdown, and you know what Belichick did after the game? He cut it. <laughs> he cut him. <laughs> he's like, You're not, we're not doing this here in Cleveland. And then Bernie came to Dallas and ended up helping the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. So I think it all depends on the guy and your organization and what it is you want. So, Danny, I agree with you 100%. It's a case-by-case basis. Well, hey, what did you have against Travis Frederick? Oh, I just thought, well, at the time, they had the big defensive tackle uh, who ended up going to Minnesota. I think it was Sharif, the big kid out of Florida. I thought they needed a defensive tackle, and they passed on. They traded down, I believe, and then they got <laughs> Frederick at the end. And, and I raised my hand. You know, Travis Frederick was, uh, was a good player. But it wasn't anything against him, the player. I just thought they needed to go with a defensive tackle. At that point in the in the, in the draft, that was my. That was my I, I, I knew. Hey, knew. I, I knew that. Uh, just just to let you know, I, I knew it. Uh, th- th- thanks for letting me know, though, that you that you oh, wanted yeah. to go defensive tackle over over offensive lineman that year, and then Travis Frederick ended up yeah. being one of the best picks that you. Okay, I just, you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Sharif, I think it's, I think his name was Sharif Floyd, but uh, I think it was Sharif Floyd was his name. But uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you just saw Tampa Bay win. Um, a Super Bowl by dominating and holding Kansas City without a touchdown. They had a good defense. The defensive line was really good. Uh, they went up against Aaron Rodgers and won in Green Bay. They went, they went up against Drew Brees, and they won there uh, down in New Orleans. You know, defense does matter, Danny. I'm just, you know, call me crazy. Oh. I, look at the five, I look at the five Super Bowl championships that this team has won. They won it with great defenses. I look at the two coaches who've won the, the won Super Bowls here. Uh, there's three of them, but the, the two of them that built them, they were defensive guys. So you, you can ignore the defense if you want to. But uh, I'm sorry. I just don't believe Kellen Moore is going. Kellen Moore is going to design enough plays for you to win a Super Bowl. I, I'm not going. I'm not going against the defense, man. I just when you look at Tampa Bay's defense, they were like that. They played complementary defense because they had stars on every level of the defense. Just because you draft a defensive tackle, don't mean that you're gonna find a guy like Devin White to be out there, who to me was one of the most important players throughout that playoff run. He literally. Changed the game every time he was on the field. Picks, sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles, whatever it was. You draft a defensive tackle, it's not going to make you look like the Tampa Bay defense. You drafting a safety, is not going to all of a sudden make you look like the Tampa Bay defense. They built that defense off drafting Devin White in the first round. Picking up guys like JPP and free agency. They built that defense a different way. We are not going to all of a sudden turn into that. We, Via Veda was a defensive tackle they drafted in the first round. Yeah, I, I'm saying they built the defense. Like, yeah, they drafted him in the first round, and then they drafted Devin White in the first round. And then they picked up guys in free agency as well. Us, this year, is not going to turn into Tampa Bay's defense by you saying, like, man, let's go pick up a defensive tackle in the first round. Then, yeah, that's what Tampa, now we got that Tampa Bay style of stuff. Yeah, we, we don't have those guys. How are you going to stop the run, Danny? They can't stop the run now. They got to start to address stopping the run. They're, they're, people run. are throwing over their heads. They've got to fix that too. 
But you want to take Listen, an offensive they, tackle. Okay. They got they got rid of that defensive coordinator and those defensive coaches who could not teach cover three. All right. They also got rid of Warley, and you got uh, Diggs going into his second uh, second uh, year of, of playing in NFL. All right. We know exactly what them getting the ball thrown over the top of their head was. All right. Warley was out there looking like a total. It was a mistake to have him out there, and I couldn't believe they kept him out there that long. He was he was getting so, beat like a drum. Come coming you know, coming close to the end of the year, they wasn't getting beat over the top like that. But Church mm, told mm, you mm. they need somebody on the opposite side of Diggs. They don't have anyone, yeah. and they got Anthony free agency. Brown. But, you said, but you said Anthony Brown and got a real contract, so he did. Say no, no, he did. No, no. I, listen, I, I, I apologize for my words on that because that was a mistake. <laughs> I already apologized for that, and now we said that Anthony Brown is going to be the nickelback. We we agreed on that in consensus that he was going to be the third corner, not the yeah. second. The second corner will be the guy from either Alabama or uh, Virginia. What was his name? Fairly? Virginia Tech. He's from Virginia Tech. Yeah, Fairly. Okay, Caleb Farley. Okay. And then you got a certain out there. We got pieces right there. Second round, Man, you listen. go to a defensive tackle. You, you, keep, you, you keep, picking up these, keep picking up these Alabama dudes. Like, you just hope we don't play against Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson each week because uh, they went up there and ran, and ran the numbers up on them. The Diggs have saying. a solid rookie season. The Diggs have a solid rookie season. I mean, he missed some games. He got beat over the top at the end. They played some quarterbacks that really weren't worth much, but he he played okay. I mean, he, he, he's, he's got to get better. He, yeah, he's, he's got to uh, get yeah. better. Uh, yes, and I then, hope so, Church. I, I hope he does get better. <laughs> and, then you bring, and then you bring Sertan in, who, you know, he, his father played in the league for a while. So he got that pedigree coming in about how to play in the NFL. So you got that on the Daddy. opposite side. You get you, you get you a veteran safety back there who can control every, you know, put everybody in the right places and can control the defense. I think you're set, man. I think you're Dude, Plus, like you said, Dan Quinn's going to make these guys. He's going to elevate their game. You know, Nolan, he, he had them down, and they didn't know the defense like that. So, Quinn's going to elevate, you know, LVE and Jalen Smith's game. So, I think we got a solid defense. We just need them two pieces. All right, fellas. Let me – we, we, we need to add this little message in here since we are doing the uh, players on by Hotels.com. Looking for something to change up your dinner routine. Help support local Frisco businesses by choosing uh, one of over 30 restaurants at the Star District. For more information on delivery, takeout, curbside, and dining options, visit thestardistrict.com. Drew Pearson got into the Hall of Fame. I'm sure you all have seen the video by now of Drew getting surprised by the big man David Baker, uh, the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, along uh, with Roger Staubach, his quarterback, and the Cowboys owner, uh, Jerry Jones. So two Hall of Famers welcoming Drew Pearson uh, into the Pro Football Hall of Fame there. What were your thoughts when you saw that video, guys? Yeah, I, listen, I thought it was about time. We, we, we talked about this on the show multiple times. You know, him getting looked over and passed over and being the only person on the All-Decade team to, to not, be in the, uh, not be in the Hall of Fame, and we thought it was past due. I'm glad that, that he, was, he was surprised and is still as excited as, as a guy who, who was being a first ballot guy, right? You, you saw how much it meant to him, and really it, it just touched me to see him finally reach the, reach the height that he had been waiting on, you know, pretty much for his entire career. That's, that's what he worked for. That's what he worked to get to. He saw himself get passed over. You know, he stayed the course, and, and you know, he finally got in, and I'm happy for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely happy for him. And like, like you said, D-Mac, this was long overdue. I mean, this is a guy that was a first-team, all-decade team, and he's the only guy that, that was on the first team that didn't make it, as, and he should have made it. I mean, this guy was a revolutionary receiver, and you just saw the emotion and the just raw emotion in the video when he, you know, he finally got that call to be in the Hall of Fame. Long overdue. This guy should have been in there. And like you guys said, man, we're just happy for him that he's finally able to experience that and uh, get into the Hall of Fame. All right. Um, last thing on Tampa, because I want Danny to, to, to be able to soak in all of his, uh, <laughs> his, his correctness in picking the pick. Tom Brady, seven Super Bowl championships more than any other franchise out there. Someone raised the question, is he the greatest player of all time in any sport? How do you feel about that church? You first. I gotta say, man, if we're if we're going accomplishments, championships, just overall winning, 
I, I gotta say it's him. I gotta say Tom is the GOAT, man. Uh, it, overall, over MJ, over all those. I know you got Bill Russell out there with 11 championships, but I mean, he was going against substitute teachers out there. I mean, if we're, if we're being real, the athletes in that day he was going against are nowhere near in comparison to what these guys are going through now. Um, so I have to say his seven championships overall is just unbelievable. He has more rings than any other organization in the National Football League. And that's just crazy in itself. And he went to Tampa Bay, a team that has been known for just being a losing organization. He went there off of no, no training camp, no OTAs, no mini camp. He went there, got a new offense, new players all around him, brought in a few, a, few, a few familiar pieces with him. But overall, they're all new players around him. And he took that team not only to the playoffs, but he went to the Super Bowl and won. And the, and, the, and the people he went through to get to the Super Bowl, we're talking Breeze, Rodgers, and then Patrick Mahomes, and the defenses he had to go through. I mean, look, this guy is unbelievable. And I, you know, I got to say he's the GOAT of all time. And that don't matter what sport it is, I think he's the GOAT. Absolutely. And, and he's 43. <laughs> uh, so he, he did all that 43 years old. And uh, I'm going with Church on this one. Yes, he's the GOAT. I'm, I'm a football player, so I'm biased. To me, I think it's much harder to win a Super Bowl than it is to win an NBA championship, a World Series, any of that other stuff. So I'm going two to one. I, I say for every ring that Michael Jordan got, uh, uh, I mean that Tom Brady has, Michael Jordan has one. So if, if you if you if you tallying it up, in basketball terms, Tom Brady has 14 NBA championships. So yes, he's 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 the greatest of all time. It's just it's really hard to be that consistent. You know, with that one team for that many years, the, the Patriots is a dynasty. Then you have all these questions when he leaves. Is it Belichick or is it Brady? The guy went out there, changed teams, 43 years old, and proved that he is the guy. He also, like you said, like we talked about earlier, he had input in the players that came in. He let you know, we need this, we need that, we need this. He showed you how methodical and strategic he is on top of being uh, the top player in, in the game. So, I think he's done it all. He's shown he's shown a different way. I think the game will change when you see some of these quarterbacks changing teams and having the input of bringing guys from their past teams. I think you'll start seeing this more. So he's changed the game. He has seven championships, and he switched and, and let you know that it was uh, him and, and not just uh, Bill Belichick. So many things you said about Tom, I, I echo. He's fantastic. I look at a guy like Michael Jordan, and, and obviously – I, I saw Michael play from from college and, and to see what the NBA was. I mean, I remember when the NBA was having the finals on tape delay. You know, they weren't even showing that thing live. <laughs> uh, that Michael Jordan changed. He changed the league. He changed the culture. And I think that's something that, that while Tom has been great at his sport, Tom didn't change the culture of the NBA or in, uh, and, and even just, you know, hey, there's buying Jordan shoes. You know, you got football players out there, and I noticed the, during the Super Bowl game, wearing Air Jordan cleats on a football field. Uh, th that's the, the legacy of what Michael Jordan has left and what he's done, and that's not something Tom w w is doing. And while, you know, everything you said about him as a football player is great, but to me, when I think about Michael Jordan as a, a cultural icon which has transcended sports different sports um it, it's just a different deal for what he did and i remember when michael retired from the nba where nba ratings just went down um it, it, he's just he was just a different deal man we've never seen anything like michael jordan in his ability to connect i mean just remember this what we saw this summer during the pandemic the last dance i mean people sitting around here wanting to watch something that happened 20 years ago and the, and the amazing ratings that it got. I mean, that's how legitimate that guy still is today. Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. He's got a, he's got a Jordan contract. He never saw Jordan play. But this guy, you know, <laughs> is being 21 years old. I want to be with Michael Jordan's company. I want to wear his shoes. Um, that, that's, that's a tremendous impact on, on the sporting landscape and cultural landscape of the United States. Well, if, you, if you're talking, you know, polarizing athletes and just like the, the icons, I, you definitely got to put Mike Jordan up there. I mean, he's up there with Michael Jackson as far as just people around the world recognizing this guy. So I wouldn't put Tom Brady in that type of category. But if we're talking about just winning and just winning, like just being just a winner all around. I mean, I, 
I don't know. It's kind of hard to beat what Tom has done so far. I mean, I know Jordan was undefeated in the finals, but I mean, Brady went to 10 of them things. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's unprecedented, man. I don't, I'm not yeah, sure yeah. Where, where you put it. But this is why this is why I say to me, football, it's a lot. It's a lot. The difficulty level of, of doing what Tom Brady did in his sport is, I think, higher than what Michael Jordan did in his sport. I, I just I just think it is. I think that basketball. So Michael Jordan is, you know, five, five guys on the court. You shot, go in, whatever. He could just take over the game. These are things Tom, like as a football player, if 11 guys aren't on the same page, they can't get done. Tom Brady can't just throw the ball down the field to himself and, and, and catch a touchdown. It, like the, it, it's different. It's different to me. I think it's hard. Like n- taking nothing away from basketball and 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 Michael Jordan and what he's done. If you watch the game of football, single game elimination in the playoffs, sixteen games, sixteen times to get it done. I think it's it's just totally different. The level level of difficulty is a little a little harder for football. Tom Brady has done this all the way up to forty three and won a Super Bowl at the age of forty three after switching teams during the pandemic. And and we we sat up here. We talked about Michael and and, and I. And, and, and hit me in the head. I forgot to mention just Tiger Woods, the, the dominance that Tiger had yeah. in, in taking a yeah. taking a sport that was on. You know, if he had a ten page paper that was on page nine, and, and and put it on the front page. So so for me, Danny, when I when I think about your greatest of all time, it's your sport, but also just what else you did within it to take your sport to a whole different level. And Tom is fantastic, but I mean, Michael took basketball worldwide. And I remember when Dirk retired, how he, how he, I mean, they brought out Larry Bird, they brought out Scottie Pippen and, and Charles Barkley. Those guys all spoke about that dream team in 1992 when they went to, to the Olympics. And, and that was the first time they, you know, they really took pros and they put them internationally. And now you look at what we have today, uh, uh, Luka Doncic um, and all the great players, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. This spawned from Jordan. When you watch, when you watch golf guys go out there with Jordan cleats, I mean that that's crazy, man. When you think about that, <laughs> football players wearing Jordan shoes, baseball players, you know, David Price rolling Jordan cleats out there. I mean, does Tom Brady has he has he become that worldwide icon? Has he become that uh, no. that but- you know that? I think those are two different categories. Though. Yeah, you, yeah, because there's there's not going to be no international football like like overseas basketball is a thing. Like football is is an American sport, right? So you could say like Jordan went over there and changed the game, and you saw all this and did all this. Yeah, football ain't never going outside of America the, the way that basketball is. No, no matter how many Super Bowls uh, Tom Brady wins, and no, no matter how uh, culture changing he was, that is going to be an American sport. So I think it's that that's different. Yeah, bas- basketball had the opportunity to go do that and be in the Olympics and all that stuff. It ain't football is not going to be an Olympic sport because that's something we do here in America and and really specifically in America. But that's when I talk about the greatest of all time, what, what you're able to then take what you do and spread it. I think that that to me, to me, when I think about that, I, that's what the kind of criteria I put in there. When you talk about this, like Michael Jackson, you talk about a Beatles, people that were able to just change, fundamentally change the way what they do is and how it's done. That you've rewritten it and you said, OK, there's. Uh, okay, here, here's here's an, uh, I'll go with what Howard Bryan once wrote about Hank Aaron versus Barry Bonds. How Barry Bonds became the all-time home run leader. He said there is a record holder and then there's a standard bear. And when I think about the greatest of all time and what you've done, I think of standard bears like a Muhammad Ali, a Michael Jordan. People that are taking and become really some of the most famous folks in the entire world across the planet. That's what I think of him. And I think Tom Brady's sensational in the NFL. You can make the argument he's the greatest football player of all time. But when I think about the greatest athletes of all time, I think about how they've gone beyond their sport. And that's, that's something that I think Jordan did and even Ali did. I, I can't say that Tom Brady's done that. Well, if you put it in that category, then I would have to agree with you on that. If we're, you know, we're talking about icon status and how, he, you know, how people have reached you know, other cultures across the world. I would definitely have to put, you know, Jordan up there, you know, the Tiger Woods of the world, the the the, the Muhammad Ali. I would have to put him up there in that category. But um, so but to me, like I said, I go back to it thinking, you know, I think it's two different separate categories. I think if we're talking about specifically just 
winning and championships and being that guy for that long for 20 some years after you go with Brady. But if you're talking about a world renowned, you know, icon, polarizing athlete, just going off just athletics and what he's been to the game, then I would I would have to go Michael Jordan on that one. Listen, hey, listen, hey, don't fool yourselves now, because right? it sounds like y'all saying uh, Tom Brady is not internationally recognizable. Right? That, that ain't true. Pe- people Brazil, they say he's Giselle's husband. <laughs> yeah, listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen, people recognize Tom Brady, but listen, I understand what you're saying, Nui. I just think, you know, you know, to 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 Tom Brady and, and the NFL. I think, man, it's such a domestic sport that I, I don't see it ever being being changed the way that basketball is and some of these other sports to where you could take this stuff to. To, to the UK and all that and then get other players and other leagues and, and, and be able to do the same thing that the NBA has done. I don't, I don't think you'll ever see anybody be able to change the NFL that way. But I think Tom Brady has changed the way that some of these quarterbacks and free agents will will be looking at how they change teams and how they bring their players to the team with them and, and having a little bit more uh, say-so in, in what they do when they do switch these teams because they see Tom Brady do it, just like LeBron James uh, changed it when he went to Miami. I think uh, that Tom Brady just did the same thing in the NFL. Yeah, and, and I know we, we, we spoke about Bill Russell a little bit, but it's pretty amazing when you think about how Bill Russell became the first black head coach in the NBA and – was the coach of the Celtics while he was playing as a player coach and went to championship. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. That I mean, was pretty think amazing. Think about that man. any sport. Like, you know what? I'm going to become the first black dude to do it, and I'm going to get all these white guys to say, it's cool, you can tell me what to do, and you can dictate my time, and we're going to go win the championship. Um, man, that's some trailblazing right there. That's some trailblazing it right is. there. But, um, <laughs> but it is it is, it is pretty – and that's, my, my definition is different than other people's, and that's why I, I kind of brought it there. And – like I said, you guys are younger than I am, and I remember when I grew up, the NBA was not. It, you know, the NBA wasn't bigger than the NFL, wasn't bigger than baseball, it wasn't bigger than college football, and for it to become as big as it is today, um, it was Michael Jordan that really helped take it sky. Magic and Michael saved the league. I mean, Magic and Larry Bird saved the league, and then Michael took it to a whole nother stratosphere, which it operates today, and it's it's absolutely love. All right, hey, that's an hour. Um, Boy, it blew by. Is, uh, is fun CB stuff is always. Is who back? Yeah, I don't, I don't see. Uh, yeah, I don't see yeah, him. Back. Well, okay. Uh, his yeah. chair is empty. I got nervous. He's, he's here. <laughs> All right. So, so we'll be back next week to have our disagreement some more. But we're all in agreement that JJ Watt. To the Cowboys is not something they should do, right? Nah, absolutely. Okay, we agree. Okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah, we agree. Yeah, n- n- no JJ Watt. We, it's two versus one on what to do with the tenth pick in the draft. Danny wants an offensive tackle. Church and I uh, believe it should be a def- defensive player. So we'll we'll continue to to mine through that. And um, Danny, you're gonna have to give me a name at some point in time of who you want to see at ten. Uh, Panay Sewell from Oregon is not going to be there at ten. So if you want you never the know. Slater kid from from North, stop it. We got CD. We got CD Lamb last year. So I mean, oh, uh, I mean, so it's not it's not impossible. Well, no, nobody thought CD Lamb was gonna be there when we picked him. I did. Is that is that true? Okay. I did, all right. I, I thought, no, I, I I did not think that 17, 16 general managers in National Football League would pass on CD. I did not see that at all. No. I so did. so you never know. I also and we and we went seven I, and nine. <laughs> <laughs> But church, we, we got I, we got the defensive player that you wanted though. Nah, but we ain't we ain't we should we should have went back to back defensive. We ain't <laughs> right, that, that's that's another day. That's a story for another day. But I'm telling, we ain't need it. We should have went back to back defense, back okay. to back. But you know, hey, one day they'll listen to your boy. One day. All right, that is the players' lounge brought to you by Hotels. dot com. <laughs> We, we had fun again from our SWBC Mortgage Home Studios. I'm Newey Scruggs for Danny McRae and Barry Church. We'll see you next week, 1130 Central. Tell your friends about it. Spread the word, all right? That's the best thing you can do for the Players Lounge. Spread the word right here on DallasCowboys.com radio.